0: Thank you for listening to the Limitless Spirit Podcast. This is the conversation about faith, hope, and the impact we're designed to make as Christians on the world around us. Your host, Helen Todd. The vice president of World Missions Alliance has spent over two decades traveling to the world's hotspots to meet the spiritual and physical needs of those who are desperate. She interviews guests from different walks of life whose stories, books, and ideas examine today's most pressing issues and challenges of being a Christian today and inspire you to action.
1: I came from very hardworking parents. Well, they divorced when I was very, very young. So my mother took us and she didn't know how to raise small children. And so there was no stability. There was no really home life. To us, that was just the way we lived. At about 15, having to go to church is where I truly believe that, you know, that seed was sown, that there's something better in this life. But it was very religious I do not remember learning about the love of Father God. There were just so many don'ts and just not a lot of comfort.
2: You just heard from Joanne Wolf. She's my guest on this episode of the Greater Purpose series. In just a few days is February 14th, the holiday that celebrates love. Joanne's story made me think how foundational the concept of love is in the life of every person. Joanne's childhood was void of proper parental love and nurture, which made it difficult for her to understand and embrace God's love for her. When she went to live with her father and stepmom as a teenager, Joanne was introduced to Christianity for the first time, but it wasn't until years later that she would discover God as a loving father. I'm Helen Todd, and I'm glad you tuned in to listen to Joanne's story. Only God has the power to fill the missing parts in our lives, and only God can enable us to share with others what we thought was impossible for us. Hello, Joanne. I'm excited uh, to talk to you today and share your story with our listeners. I was also thinking that our interview is happening right on the verge of a very special holiday, February 14th, when we celebrate love. And I think your story has everything to do with father's love, which is the most important relationship that we can have in our lives. So let's dive into it. As uh, you sent me your testimony via email, your story starts in your early childhood. And basically, it was somewhat dysfunctional. And as a child, you did not get to experience the love of your parents like every child should and deserves to. So can you share a little more about this?
1: Well, I was uh, not raised in a Christian home. I came from very hardworking parents, a background of you just worked. It was during a time that My father had to go where work was available. They were from Oklahoma. And so they traveled. They followed the oil field work, the rigs that were working. And so they moved around quite a bit. And I'm sure that that created stress being away from what they knew and then having small children. So it was was a stressful time for them also. They divorced when I was very, very young. I was just a baby. So my mother took us and we went back to Oklahoma. And I can just look back and see now because she was so broken. She didn't know how to raise small children. I don't know if she was afraid of being by herself. There was always a man in her life when you're that broken, there's a lot of things that, that happened. So there were things that I saw that were just part of life. My brother and I were left alone. She did work, but I'm sure that wages were such that she couldn't always afford a babysitter. And if somebody came along and promised her, you know, a better life, I'm sure that, you know, she was searching. She was searching for something better. That goal was never quite attained. So in all of those things that she was searching for, values were not enforced or even my brother took care of me and we were left with just whoever was willing and so there was no stability. There was no really home life. To us, that was just the way we live. So, this caused
2: some bitterness in your heart and also probably lack of trust towards people around you. Would you say so?
1: Definitely in those stages of you know growing up you have to you have to learn those things and no i i did not know until many 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 years later that i had such a trust issue you know we did learn that if you didn't work you didn't eat but then we were also subjected to trying to please somebody that was never satisfied with themselves let alone anything we did so my mother did remarry when i was four and a half and through that marriage he was military and so to for us my brother and i get to get to be dependents he adopted my brother and i my father signed us over he adopted my brother and i and we took on his last name well They were only married probably about eight years. You know, he was a career military person, but he was extremely dysfunctional also. And I was molested from the time that I was about five until they divorced when I was about 12. So again, that was just part of life. That was things that that happened. It was secrets. It was just a, a, not a good start in life. You mentioned that it was
2: your stepmother, your father's wife that actually took you to church for the first time. And you were still quite young.
1: What do you remember from that experience? I was introduced to my father when I was about 12 years old through a grandparent dying. And I actually woke up one morning and there was a man standing at the foot of my bed. And my mother said, Joanne, this is your father. I never had really remembered him, but here was a man that had come to see me and so it became an outlet for if my mother was going through something, she would send me to live with my father. He had remarried, had a family, and there were values, there were do's and don'ts and and i had that was not something I was familiar with i would had been left to my own devices and I pretty much did what I wanted to do. And at that time, I didn't do anything bad, but I had no direction. But having to stay, having to come to live with my dad and my stepmother, uh, she had been raised in a good Christian home and she was a very good woman. And one of the requirements was I had to go to church. Well, that was not, the greatest experience, but I'm extremely thankful, extremely thankful that, uh, you know, that came about because at about 15, having to go to church is where I truly believe that, you know, that seed was sown, that there's something better in this life, but it was very religious based and there were lots of don'ts. I do not remember learning about the love of Father God. It was, you know, there was God who, if you said the wrong thing, dressed the wrong way, combed your hair the wrong way, you were, you know, I I I was repented and saved and backslidden and and it was just a really confusing as to what I had to do, how I was even accepted, or what was even expected. There were just so many don'ts. You can't, and just not a lot of comfort. And it makes sense, because, you know, it is very
2: hard for us to understand God properly, and the relationship that He desires to have with us, unless we know an example of love. And normally in a child's life, it's the relationship between the child and the parents. That's how a child, a person first learns about love. And when that is absent, I I can see where it's extremely hard to accept God's love. So let me ask you this, during these years, trying years of your childhood and young adulthood, was there one person in your life that you can think of that was an example of love to you?
1: There was a neighbor that lived two doors down from my dad and stepmother, and she was an older woman, and she was probably my stepmother's mentor. I would go down and see her. There was never any condemnation. There was a more comfortable feeling, you know, and through no fault of my stepmother. She was only about 17 years older than I was. And, you know, she had her her family. And here comes a teenager that she has no idea what to do with. And so this woman, very godly woman, just was comfortable to be around. She had a great sense of humor. There was never any questioning, you know, like, where where have you been? What have you done? What has happened in your life? She was just a friend, just somebody I could go and be with. It, it was just a matter of being someplace I felt safe there. So your
2: experiences in the childhood resulted in some challenges in your own relationship as far as marriage is concerned at what point do you feel like you finally understood your heavenly father's love and that he actually loved you that he was not just a judging deity that punished you for wrong and rewarded you for right behavior but he had this unconditional love towards you
1: I will say that it took a number of years of really searching because I was involved in church for for you know many 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 years but the teaching was not there was a hunger I had a hunger I knew something was missing and I do not even know when it happened but Somebody spoke on the scripture that says God knew me before I was ever formed in my mother's womb and the great plans he had for me and that was like a that revelation of somebody Expected me and would be excited, and was so excited when I was born, and had made plans for me that I wasn't an inconvenience, I wasn't a throwback, I wasn't, I was somebody. And in my mind, Helen, I just had this picture of a father that rejoiced the day I was born, and that was the point that healing started taking place recognizing that somebody was had always loved me had always loved me and had plans for me and i wanted to know that person i wanted to know that person that loved me
2: our paths crossed in a very interesting way at the m3 conference at the lakewood church in um, Houston, Texas, and I don't believe in accidents. I know that God orchestrated all this um, and arranged this because when I saw you on the mission trip, on that first mission trip with World Missions Alliance, and I didn't know your story, I didn't know your testimony, all I saw is this extremely well trained highly qualified nurse that was donating her time and her skills to provide free medical care to the people who were absolutely desperate for it and i saw this tremendous compassion and love that poured out of you as you were providing these services during this medical mission trip and to me this is just incredible it's truly a God transformation. Now that I put together the pieces of your story, how, you know, God took this broken, uh, hurting little girl and turned her into one of the most compassionate people I have me- ever met. So, how did this desire to go on a mission trip even appear in your heart? The healing
1: process started taking place and wanting. To be who I felt like I was accepted. I had been forgiven. And Lord, what can I do? What can I do? I know you love me. And I know there will never be a way that I can repay. And it was just a small voice. You be everything that you never got to somebody else so that is where that desire that that acceptance that understanding that love that every trial every tribulation only gave me insight to how somebody else could be hurting and the Lord blessed me, and I was able to see that hurt in someone and, and just really speak hope and encouragement in their life that it doesn't have to be the way you think, that there is something better. And so I'm just thankful that new person had love, lots of it, to give because I was given so much.
2: How many mission trips you have gone on with World Missions Alliance?
1: I've been on three, two to Serbia and one to Thailand. And, you know, this is a new year. And so there's plans for trips this year. The last trip uh, was during the COVID pandemic. Yes. And I started making arrangements, but I wouldn't tell anybody because there was so much controversy. There was so much, you know, even family, you know, I'm crazy. You're too old. But I went to church one Sunday and one of the worship songs, it was go where I send thee. How will I send thee? And that was affirmation. And that just lit up, you know, the spark. And then I started telling people. This was my affirmation that God said it's going to be okay, and he will take care of me. He's sending me, and I was to go where he sends me. And so it was just, uh, yeah, people don't understand. You know, people do not understand Um, family can be the worst. So you kind of have to isolate yourself and. You have to be very cautious about who you talk to, but Lord leads you to like-minded people, and it's just been amazing.
2: Was this uh, first mission trip with World Missions Alliance, was this your first mission trip ever?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yes, that was my very first trip. I had always just worked. I've been a nurse for over 30 years. Not to work was never an option, but, you know, at this time of my life, I don't have to do that, and so I feel like I've been given a gift, and so, you know, this is, I believe, the season that the Lord has given me to use that gift.
2: Of these three mission trips, and each one was uh, very different and uh, had its own challenges, what was one or maybe several most memorable moments that you have experienced? The
1: last trip for me was the most amazing. And it wasn't, like I said, you know, it was during the COVID. And so you're, you're, you know, you have all the naysayers and everything. So, you know, it was not without its challenges to even go, but in one of the villages, uh, there were just women the men were were working that day, and we were praying and this and of course, we had interpreters and There was this one woman that I went to pray with, and she laid out her problem and and we prayed, and there was something else. she looked up at me, and there was still a pain, and I was able to say. There's something more. And when the interpreter told her that, tears started streaming down her face. And when she told the rest of the story, I knew that pain. I knew that hurt. And I knew that I would have a word through the Lord. He had given me something that I could minister to her. And so when it was all done, we were laughing and hugging and kissing. And and it was just the most amazing, amazing time. So what was her story, Joanne? Her initial story was that she was having marital problems. It, it was hard. They were poor and her husband maybe no work. I don't even remember. You know, the first part of the story, the second part of the story, the rest of the story was that she too had been abused as a young girl. And that had been with her her whole life, you know, from a young child. You can't go through that with it not affecting many, many parts of your life. And so I'm sure that maybe some of them her marital problems may have to do with, you know, some of the abuse that she suffered. And so, you know, just to be able to, you know, recognize through the Holy Spirit that there's something more. There's another side that's hurting worse. I think her husband problems probably cleared up immediately once she was able to share what had actually happened. And so I think that's where the laughter came from because, you know, that is just a fruit of the spirit was joy. She was so happy. There was another, this last trip, the guys that are going through rehab. He came in. We, uh, our provider had left early. You know, had to leave the day before. He had a, a legitimate blood pressure problem, and I just sat there, and, and that's what he came back for was a blood pressure check. And I just looked at him, and in the natural, it was like if this man's blood pressure is what I think it is, because he was having some vision problems and a headache. I just told him. I said. I will have to call, you know, somebody to take you to the hospital. And I said, but I'm not going to take your blood pressure. We're going to pray for you. And his interpreter was there. And I said, let's lay hands on this man. And we did. And that I have prayed many, 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 you know, for many, many others. But that experience what I felt and what what manifested was nothing like I had ever experienced before and he started laughing and so you know we it was just when when you know you're able to see those things it just makes you want to do more and you're so thankful that the lord would use somebody like me is extremely humbling <laughs> because there's nothing in me i have some knowledge but but there's nothing in me that years past would have been able to feel that and i'm very thankful for that
2: you mentioned in your testimony that you felt like missions work connected you to your greater purpose. But let me ask you this. How do you feel your life has changed since you have started doing this?
1: Material things are not as important because when you go to another country and you see people with so much less and they are so happy they are so thankful that, you know, for for what they have and they don't seem to be encumbered by some of the things that I was always, it was always material things that made me feel good or whatever. And so those, my whole life has changed. I don't have uh, big needs and I, when I go... It's hard to come home. It's hard to come home and leave those people. It, they have blessed me with, with just their love and their happiness. It's just hard to explain that halfway around the world is where you truly find what is important. Things are never going to replace the love and the fellowship and and seeing God in action and uh, blessing people there's nothing that's ever going to compare to that
2: and I've seen this also a beautiful completion of your story because. You experienced the Father's love when you read that scripture and you suddenly had this divine revelation of the scripture that you had been foreknown by your Father and planned carefully. But then through the missions work, God allowed you to pour out love like you have never done before. And I just think that this is truly you know, through this, God connected you truly to that greater purpose to be able to give others who are maybe deprived in similar ways that you had been deprived, give them that experience. And I think this is, this is just like our Heavenly Father to, to make the best out of
1: the most difficult experiences that we go through in life. Well, it's been an amazing experience, and I'm thankful that, you know, I've been able to uh, be on this journey, and I look for many, many, with expectation, and I'm excited, and it's just a wonderful feeling to know that, you know, there's, there's people out there that maybe I can speak a word of encouragement to from the father and and direct them to where that love can be found.
2: Thank you so much, Joanne, for sharing your story. And I know that it will encourage and inspire many. Thank you, Helen. Do you have a story? Do you realize that when you share it with someone, it has the power to heal, encourage, and even completely transform someone's life? Whether it's at home or abroad, I want to encourage you to think about living out the Great Commission, to tell the world about God and what He has done for you. If you go to our website, you can learn more about participating in missions or trips just like Joanne was talking about in this episode. Our address is rfwma.org. Yes, we are still doing trips during this ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, and we want to extend the invitation to you to join us. I also invite you to check out the information on our website about the upcoming Greater Purpose Conference that is happening in May in Branson, Missouri. It's just a few months away, and I would love to see you there, virtually or in person. Again, our website is rfwma.org. I'm Helen Todd. Thank you again to my guest today, Joanne Wolfe. And thank you for listening to Limitless Spirit Podcast.
0: Limitless Spirit is produced by World Missions Alliance. If you believe in the importance of the Great Commission, sharing Christ around the world and helping those in need, check out our website, rfwma.org. If you liked what you heard, consider supporting the Limitless Spirit Podcast by going to rfwma.org slash give. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Tune in next week for another exciting episode.